Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you're having a great day, and welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are working to make coastal Mississippi a great place to live, work, and, to, and play. Actually, we're going to have a roundtable today. I've got Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber and Ashley Edwards from the Coast Business Council here with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Ricky. Good to see you again. Good morning. Good to see y'all. I appreciate you joining us. You know, there's a lot to talk about, so I look forward to, to, to having this roundtable discussion. You know, one of the things I want to talk about is the amount of misinformation that's, that's on the internet. I I think essentially this is probably the, the worst of times for social media because people tend to take a lot of facts and uh, or at least you know some facts and a lot of misinformation to develop what is essentially a, a new narrative for the situation that we're facing. And unfortunately, this makes it this makes managing through it's very very difficult. It's really unnecessary and ultimately it's kind of counterproductive. My old friend Billy uh, Rubel said to me this morning. He said. Too many points of view from too many people that don't agree on anything. Well, you know, in a situation like we're in now, the, the science and the data and the facts as they are, are driving a lot of the, uh, President Trump's plan. It's going to drive a lot of, of Governor Reeves's plan. So a lot of this is actually ultimately indisputable. And I want to come back to that in just a second. So we're also seeing plans that are now uh, underway that are being developed to reopen the, the, the economy. And I think one of the things that people are beginning to understand as the new phased approach is starting to be understood is that we're not just going to come one day and flip a switch and everything's going to go back to normal. Until we get a vaccine, we're going to live in this kind of strange place. We'll still have to practice social distancing and, and there's, a, there's other things that we're going to have to do. But certainly, we're going to have to protect the vulnerable. But we'll come back to that and have a conversation about that. We're seeing some businesses learning new ways to operate. Uh, they're, they're learning that some of the changes they make may actually change them forever. So there's some new trends that are emerging. Some of them are good, some of them maybe not so good, and we'll talk a little, little bit about that. We're seeing a t- ton of awareness about the importance of shopping local. You know, shopping local has a whole new meaning today that I want to get into in, uh, in just a little bit. And then also, you know, we're watching the stock market. It's just going up and down. I Thank God, more up lately than, than down. Um, I think what it's trying to do is cling on to any good news it can find about anything that puts it this in, this unprecedented moment that we find ourselves in in perspective. I even noticed that you know if you if you talk about a drug and even though it may be anecdotal, talk about a new drug that's being developed, the market immediately responds to it, even though the science is not complete on it yet. But again, that's just the market trying to figure itself out. As of late, late, late March, the S and P five hundred had jumped more than 25 points. The Dow was about 26.6%. So the market is trying to make up the lost ground and make sense of all this. Uh, But to be sure, the economy has taken a beating. 22 million jobs uh, have been lost. Uh, Even retailers, which I think there are a lot of major retailers that were already on the edge before this started. So the the situation could be could be catastrophic for them. We'll see. Hopefully they'll get the help they need and we can get them back whole and they can operate like we need to. But anyway, there's a lot to talk about. So before we get into the discussion, 
What I want to do, Adele and Ashley, is give each of you an opportunity to kind of tell us what the latest is uh, as it relates to your response efforts for the coronavirus situation we find ourselves in. Adele, why don't you start? What's the latest at the chamber? Well, the good news is we're seeing um, some of our members receive their loans, receive the money into their bank accounts. And so that's either the PPP program or the IDLE program. Um, we're actually hearing from folks who've gotten through the process, um, got all the forms in, got worked through their bank and or through, their, through the SBA and, you know, made it work. And now they have the money and now it's time to how to implement that how to move forward, how to bring their employees back, how to um, have business ongoing when they're, we're still sheltering in place and we're social distancing and, and how can they do that. Um, the downside is, of course, now we're seeing these loan programs have run out of money. And so we're waiting for Congress to replenish those funds. But what we're encouraging people to do is to continue to work on those packages so that they are ready when the funds are ready and working with their banks. And the bankers are working morning, noon, and night uh, to try to process these loans. And then also a new loan program um, is coming on, the Main Street Lending Program, which is really for probably medium to larger size companies. Um, Treasury announced that. They just finished up yesterday where the comment uh, phase concluded. So um, when those loans will actually kind of get started and people will be working through their banks, uh, I'm sure it'll take a little bit of time. Um, so, so that's some of the good news. Um, you know, we're certainly still trying to have um, programming that is virtual. Uh, we had our first uh, coffee chat, which is kind of a networking uh, virtually where people got together and just visited and chatted and got to know each other, new business opportunities and folks that they can maybe call on as customers and buy from each other. That's kind of going back to the local shop local idea is business to business. Um, trying to do a lot of things too to look forward. So we're working on something coming up of when it is, when everybody does reopen, if you have to rehire people, are you prepared for that? Do you have applications? Do you have, so it's not, um, okay, I'm ready to hire. Now, what do I do? Let's figure out that now, what do I do now? So that we're ready when that uh, takes place. Um, folks are we're putting together some information about filling out those loan packages, um, how to work with your bookkeeper to get the information that you need. There's certainly some legal issues that are affecting businesses out there. People may have leases or contracts that, that they're having issues with. So uh, trying to trying to help folks out so they can carry on. Mm -hmm. I wonder, it's going to be interesting, uh, I, there's probably never been a more important time to have a great relationship with your bank, because, you know, if, if we are short funds in that PPP program, you know, the banks can, can help bridge the gap for some period of time. I can't imagine that they wouldn't pass an appropriation to deal with that shortfall. Yeah, we're, we're hearing that's coming and that's in the works. And um, the U.S. Chamber has really gotten involved uh, trying to push, a, you know, everybody be bipartisan like we were, like they were originally with the CARES Act and let's get this going um, so these folks can get the money that they need to, to keep on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anything else, Adele? Well, um, you know, just we're – we're trying to reach out to all of our businesses to hear what's going on. A lot of them just are glad to hear from somebody that says, what can we help you with? Um, how are things going? 
And so I think people are feeling a little bit isolated. And so they like the idea of just hearing from someone besides the ones they've been home with for uh, the last few days and and just trying to meet whatever needs we can. We're heard from some of our restaurants and we're trying to um, find some resources for them. Um, They're having some challenges on filling out the loan packages and and trying to help them as well. So, um, you know, our members are the most important thing. The business community, the small business community is the most important thing to our economy. And uh, it's the backbone and we want to make sure they're strong. Yeah, I can't agree more. Thank you for all you're doing. That's that's a that's a good update. But I'm not surprised that the chamber's in the thick of it and uh, keep up the good work. Ashley, so what's the latest at the business council? Well, you know, Ricky, we've really had an evolution about how we've sort of responded to this situation. Early on, the the need was for information, was uh, making sure that you know people in our business community uh, understood what was going on, were connected with the decision makers, with the public policy decisions that were being made, uh, that they understood you know the, the the risks associated with the virus and were able to respond appropriately to that. And I would say we've really started to move out of that phase. Where we are today is very much a situation of, you know, really trying to understand how the economy here has been impacted. You know, it's like you mentioned earlier when you said uh, that sort of the data-driven nature of the way that the decisions have been made by government. And, you know, this, this has to be a data-driven economic recovery as well. We have to quantify what's happened in our economy. We have to understand sector by sector uh, what the challenges are gonna be for reopening, uh, what the lingering sort of recessive tail is gonna be economically. Uh, You know, we're used to a lot of economic disruptions here and we've been through Hurricane Katrina, we've been through the recession, we've been through the oil spill, we've been through the Bonnie Carey spillway opening. But one of the big differences economically, in my opinion, is that in all of those events, they were relatively regional in scope, uh, with the exception of the of the Great Recession, and we had an economy that was continuing to move forward all around us. And so, really, it was a, it was a question of how quickly can the Mississippi Gulf Coast get back into an economic standing so that we can start to essentially catch up with what's happening in the rest of the country or the rest of the world. This situation is different because it's there, there literally have been worldwide effects. And so, you know, economic systems are interrelated. Uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast economy is not simply going to recover based on the decisions that we make locally or in the state of Mississippi. It is going to be dependent upon uh, decisions that are made in our neighboring states and our country and even around our world when you consider so many of the uh, the businesses here have customers worldwide. Let's do this. Uh, Ashley, we're going to continue to have this conversation on the other side of the break, but I've got Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber and Ashley Edwards from the Coast Business Council here with me, and we'll continue the update from the Business Council after this break. Right, we'll, we'll see you in just a second. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I've got Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber and Ashley Edwards from the Coast Business Council with us today. Uh, Adele just gave a, a good update about the work that's underway at the Coast Chamber to stay in touch with their businesses and help them through these difficult times. And when we went to the break, Ashley was talking about the unique nature of this disaster. It's like a hurricane in some ways. I mean, we're going to need a plan. We're going to need to understand where the needs are going to be and all of that. But the entire world is being impacted by it. So there are supply chains that are being impacted. Entire industries are changing in dramatic ways, and that's going to affect us. So we're trying to get our arms around that. Why don't you continue, Ashley? Well, you know, that's, I mean, that's absolutely correct. And I mean, to your point earlier, we, we do have to have a plan. I, I wish this was going to be as simple as, you know, just flipping a switch and, and the economy would turn back on and things would go back to normal. But that's not going to be the way this is going to work out. And, and you know, and, and the places that are successful in the aftermath of this are not only going to be the places that have a plan to get back to where they were, but they're also going to be the places that have a plan to leverage the new opportunities and the changes in the economy uh, to sort of ride that wave into the future. You know, this this event is a catalyst. It's going to change a tremendous number of things about our economy, about the way that we do business, about the way that we commute to work. I mean, te you know, telecommuting and remote working is going to be such a big part of our reality going forward. You know, and the other thing it's going to do is it's going to accelerate a lot of changes that were already occurring in our economy. Um, it's going to really accelerate a lot of those changes. And so being on top of that, understanding it, having a strategy to respond to it, to leverage it is, is vitally important to our economic future. And that really is going to be the, the primary focus of the business council as we continue forward. So what else, Ashley, are you guys working on? Well, you know, so one of the one of the specific things we started to look at is trying to quantify the impacts. You know, understanding for a, essentially a baseline, you know, of uh, what what has happened here locally. And of course, the you know the thing about it is we're still in the middle of the of the event. I mean, it's it's easy sometimes to talk as if we're we're looking backward at it, but we're still in the middle of it. Um, and those effects are going to continue. And you know, what I tell folks is, you know, they're going to continue even after the lockdowns are lifted because. You know, ultimately what it's going to take to start to see real economic recovery is not just a lifting of government restrictions. It's also a resumption of consumer spending. And what that means for a, a place like ours, a region like ours, is not only the resumption of local spending and local economic activity, it's also the resumption of tourism and the visitation that we have uh, that we've gotten for a long time. You know, when you look at our economy here in coastal Mississippi, the largest single sector of our economy is government, federal government, military. And, you know, that's a good thing for us locally because that sector will not be as severely impacted as some others. But the second largest sector here is tourism and hospitality. And in many ways, that sector is going to be disproportionately impacted. Uh, and it's probably going to be impacted in perpetuity because. There are a lot of experts out there that don't think that people will resume their normal you know, uh, discretionary travel right away. And uh, these are things that are going to be important. You know, when, when will gaming reopen? What phase of the economy uh, you know, that the president has proposed will, will be the reopening of gaming? I mean, these are all questions that are vital you know, for our region. And it's, uh, it's, it, they're going to take a lot of public policy solutions. Um, they're going to take a lot of input from experts. They're going to take a lot of input from business leaders. And that's a place that we want to position ourselves to add value to what's going to happen as we go forward. 
as you think about uh, as you think about the tourism industry as a whole, it seems to me I'll, I'll speak in terms of phases and how I talk about what I'm going to say now. But I'm not talking about the phases that the president is dealing with. Right. But it may be that it comes back in phases. I keep re- remembering so well what Milton Segarra, the head of of, of Coastal Mississippi Tourism, said: eighty percent of our visitors drive in. So that, you know, there's going to be maybe a reluctancy to fly for some period of time. So there could be a real opportunity for us in the beginning to have people drive here and have a safe vacation where maybe gaming, as we know it, is not fully part of the deal, but it's enjoying the natural environment. It's taking a deep breath. It's staying in an amazing, you know, clean and and wonderful hotel room, as, as Linda Hornsby talked about. Uh, maybe it's that, and then there's a there's a next phase that involves the casinos are probably already thinking a lot about how they clean their casinos, you know, how they have people practice social distancing while they're gaming. You know, I'm sure that all that's going to be part of it. But if you, you know, if we do this in an organized way, because of the amount of people who drive here, say 80% before, maybe it's 90% after this. Right. That you know, Mississippi. I mean, the Mississippi coast is well positioned to take advantage of this opportunity, whereas maybe other fly-in markets are different. Adele, were you going to add something? Yeah, I will tell you, Ricky. Um, we get calls. I would say almost daily from people. Um, got a call yesterday from somebody in Laurel. Had a call this morning. Um, people who are just you know, a couple of hours away, an hour or so away, are the beaches open? Um, it's my husband's birthday. Can we drive down? Can we pick up some food for a restaurant? And can we sit on the beach and have um, lunch? And of course, you know, the beach is currently closed. You can only be on the beach for walking or exercising. I've actually seen the police in Biloxi uh, by the lighthouse, you know, when people start congregating, running them off. But people are already itching for that. Um, yeah, the weather's yeah. been so nice. And so I think there's, um, you know, that's not a big number of people, but I will tell you the calls, the most calls we are getting besides how do I get my loan package through or what do I do about this funding opportunities that are there is can I get on the beach? Can I come back to the coast? Can I come make a visit? Even if it's just for a day to drive in. So I think there's some something to that. The governor is talking specifically now about uh, enabling people to be able to go on the beach and fish and go to the lakes and fish. And, you know, he's getting really specific about, you know, enjoying your boat. But there's some specific criteria about the number of people that can be in the boat and all that. I, I think he's trying the best he can to enable a lot of these areas where before have been locked down to be able to start to enjoy it in a safe way. And there'll be more clarity emerge about all that. But I think once again, this coast of Mississippi, I mean, this is a big beach, you know, 26 mile long beach, you know, a terrific opportunity to be able to enjoy it and, uh, and enjoy a great vacation here, maybe even do some fishing. I don't know, we'll figure it out, but I think we are well positioned to take advantage of that. And I think, as you point out, Ashley, one of the real trump cards in this conversation is what does a phased approach within the the casino industry look like? How does that look? I think there's clearly a way they can do this. They can, they can open, even if it's not, you know, even if you have to practice social distancing. And I'm sure they're thinking about that. But clearly, the sooner, the better because that's one of the most significant, you know, that, that's a significant form of revenue here in coastal Mississippi and for the state. Actually, anything else you want to add uh, to, to what the Coast Business Council is involved in now? 
Well, you know, I, the other thing I'll just add is, you know, we're we're very appreciative to Governor Reeves, who obviously appointed a number of members from uh, from our executive committee to his reopening task force. And so, you know, the ability for uh, strong leaders, John Harrison, Anthony Wilson and William Yates, all of whom are executives uh, on our board for the Gulf Coast Business Council, you know, they're going to be at the table as the state is making their decisions and as the governor receives his input. And so the coast is well represented. Uh, you know, Governor Reeves has always uh, made a real effort to ensure that the coast has a, a very prime seat at the table. And we do in this situation, too. So I'm very confident based on the leadership that's going to be involved in the input. Uh, and, you know, and, and obviously the capability of the men that have been appointed that, that we will have a, a very strong voice in the process. I, I can't agree more. I think for the tourism industry in particular, I think about John Hairston. John and I worked really closely together during the Governor's Commission work after Katrina and then at the Business Council. He's super sensitive and aware of what it takes to create a viable tourism industry. Uh, he's a smart guy. We all know that. And he's, uh, you know, he can multitask as good as any of us. And, uh, you know, he's Governor Reeves is well started having him on the executive committee and then having William Yates and Anthony Wilson involved in, in chairing impact committees. Uh, I just think he did really well. I mean, you got people like Robert St. St. John. He's in Hattiesburg, but he loves the coast. He's here all the time. Right. And many others who have connections to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. He's got a strong team. I, I'm really impressed and they realize too this is not just about you know you know when does this industry get to flip their switch it's more complicated to that and their understanding is the the need to tailor from from community to community and they also know that there's going to be some needs along the way so they're sensitive it's a it's a fully encompassing effort and uh, i think he's surrounded really really with some really strong leaders Adele, anything you want to add to that no, I too was um, was pleased to see the list of folks from the coast that we had representation and we had really strong representation. So um, that was that was nice to see that and made you feel a little uh, more comfortable with you know the process as it moves forward that we have representation there. I've been watching uh, Governor Reeves' uh, press conferences very carefully, and as we as we get ready to go to the break, I just want to say it's been incredible to watch him. He's doing a terrific job talking about the nuances behind the decisions that he's making. He's engaging his team in the conversation, something he didn't do early on. Now they're all involved in the conversation. Uh, he's being extraordinarily open to the to the press and enabling them to ask what they need to ask. I just think he's done a great job of leading us through this, this stage of the, of the coronavirus situation. And uh, now that he's got this team around him, I think we've, we've got a lot, we've, we've got the sharpest mind in the state looking at this. We'll be back after this break. We've got Ashley Edwards from the Coast Business Council and Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We've got Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber and Ashley Edwards from the Coast Business Council. When we went to break, we were actually talking about the incredible private sector leadership team that the governor has around him and his restart 
committee that's going to be looking at a lot of different aspects, regionally, industry-wise, and otherwise, to help us sort of work through this. How how is this going to re- this restart going to work? Uh, at the same time, Governor, excuse me, President Trump has put together a team, and if you've looked at the people who are on that team. He didn't try to do this just with his friends. He tried to make sure that he was covering every important industry sector. There are some people who are not pro-Trump people on that group, which I think is a terrific statement that he's making, that he's going he's gonna to listen. Um, but anyway, we got this phased approach. Unfortunately, we're going to still practice social distancing. We've still got to do face masks. We've still got to protect the vulnerable. That's really going to be the reality until we have a vaccine. But Ashley, why don't you real quick just walk through the phases real, real rapidly? Sure. So, you know, the president uh, announced yesterday the, the federal guidelines for reopening the economy. And, you know, I think it's a it's, it's an interesting plan. You know, I think it certainly is, is not one size fits all. And that's very smart because it allows the states to take a lead role uh, in implementing that plan, given the, the ground conditions in each state and, and what's happening. And so essentially it has what they sort of call gating criteria. And what they mean by that is you know, the the things that you need to sort of open the gate to go into phase one, two, and three. And that is, um, you know, consistently declining numbers and infections uh, and the spread of the virus over a 14-day period, at which point uh, the states can then begin opening up uh, a phased approach. That that approach is really designed to make sure that, you know, rather than sort of uh, turning things back on like a light switch, it's more like uh, flipping a a series of breakers to ensure that everything is functioning and to make sure that, you know, we don't have any rebounds. Uh, You know, the states have the ability to to pull back if they start to see, you know, sort of a second wave or a rebound come along. But for all intents and purposes, the the first phase is a a more gradual reopening, uh, allowing some businesses to to start to operate, allowing, uh, you know, folks to, to start to return to work when necessary. But there is also a recommendation there that you know, companies on a case-by-case basis allow workers to continue uh, teleworking and, and remote commuting, uh, if possible. If the, you know, if their employees are not essentially, uh, are not essential as you know, as, as office dwellers in this case. Um, you know, the phase two uh, begins to ease those restrictions even more, and then of course, phase three starts to get to something that looks much closer to. Uh, a little bit of a more cautious version of, of normal. And, you know, the states will probably all move through those phases at a different pace. Um, mm-hmm. You know, given that we live in a, a, a relatively small 80 to 90 some odd uh, mile uh, section of the state that's sandwiched between Alabama and Louisiana, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what pace they're on as well, because, uh, you know, the, the virus doesn't know political boundaries. It doesn't know where state lines begin and end. And so in many ways, you know, the, the ability for us to coordinate what's happening here with what's happening in the New Orleans metro or the Mobile metro, I think, is going to be important as well. So, uh, you know, I think that this will be a gradual approach. We will start to see the lights come back on uh, over a period of time. We all hope that it can happen quickly. Uh, and, you know, just just like with the beginning of this situation. And I, and I think, you know, there's a lot of credit that goes out to the people of Mississippi because, uh, you know, government can they can put suggestions and lockdowns and things in place. But people have to actually respond to it in order to see this flattening of the curve. We've seen that here in Mississippi. 
And, you know, the, the more cautious that people are as we go through these phases, the more that they take precautions, the faster we will likely be able to proceed through them and get back to some semblance of normalcy. Adele, anything you want to add to that? Well, the only thing I would add is in some ways we've been through this process after Katrina. Um, you know, businesses didn't all open back up the same day. And if certainly it wasn't, um, we weren't looking at um, viruses and flattening the curve. It was the infrastructure that kind of controlled when things opened. So in some ways, this isn't completely new to our community, uh, but there's certainly differences to it. But, you know, we didn't immediately have every restaurant, every casino, every um, retail open. So, you know, maybe this will be a little easier for us than, than we may think. What we have repeatedly said on the show is that we have built into our DNA a resiliency. There's no doubt about it. And we faced catastrophic economic situations before. Who, who thought the day after Katrina that we'd ever get ourselves out of that mess? But we did. And here we are. We don't have the destruction. We just we, businesses are still there. <clears throat> it's just a matter now of working our way through this. And as the governor pointed out, Mississippi has peaked much below what the estimates were, but it's plateaued. But until we get off that plateau and start to see the numbers start to fall, can we safely begin to proceed through the phases? And so I'm, I'm super impressed with the alignment that's happening now between the federal government and the states and the data and the approach. You know, we can't all be on different, using different terminology in different phases. We've got to be on a similar framework. And that's actually very positive. I think that's going to help us get through this better. And as you pointed out, Ashley, there are going to be triggers in this that if we are not, if, if the average person doesn't contribute to this, everyone has their role to play. Social distancing, wearing the mask, protecting the vulnerable, helping to make sure we do not start outbreaks. Because the moment outbreaks occur, it triggers going back to the phase before you're you, that you're in now. So the reality is, it's going to take. If we want this to work, everybody's got to work together. So yeah. let's shift gears now. One of the things that's so amazing to me is the conversations that I keep reading about about shop local. We've always talked about shop local, but man, there's a new meaning to shop local, isn't it, Adele? Yeah, you know, at the chamber we push that all the time. Specifically Saturday after Thanksgiving weekend of, of Black Friday um, is a shop local day that's really promoted big. Um, shop small programs you hear about. Some people might understand what that means. It doesn't mean shop less. It means shop in those smaller companies, those smaller businesses that are here locally. And so um, you've seen a lot. Of, somebody put on Facebook, I know you talked about social media, Ricky, but you know, a good thing is some people said, Remember that if these companies are the ones that sponsor your kids' baseball teams, these are the ones you need to be supporting now. And that's just um, absolutely true. Try to see what you can buy here locally. Get on the Internet. Look at their Facebook pages. See what people have before you automatically go to the Internet to buy online. Look and yeah. see what's here. And that, that goes for restaurants. You know, just focus on, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a restaurant nearby that's open, and, uh, you know, just spread the love, find some, find some way to try some new food, even though you may not necessarily be able to sit in their wonderful restaurant to eat, you can still enjoy their food and you can be helping someone save a job. And I just hope that people will begin to change their behavior as it relates to this, especially as we continue to be in this very elongated response period. Um, make your contribution. There's a lot of money in people's pockets right now that can be spent on on helping a local restaurant maybe be saved. 
Ashley, anything you want to add to that? Well, you know, I'll tell you one of the most fascinating things I've read. I've actually read a, a few of these, but there have been some folks in the Federal Reserve and, and a lot of academics that have started to put out some economic models and some economic studies. And, you know, one of the uh, positive effects of this long term could be that you could see a renaissance of local businesses. Uh, there's a, a lot of expectation, especially in retail, for example, that there are a lot of national retailers that may not make it through this. That, again, is another acceleration of things that were already happening. Uh, it wasn't caused by this event, but this might speed it up. Um, and that will create some new openings for uh, small local businesses uh, potentially to find a, a new bit of a, a market niche to, to come back and start to have uh, less competition from uh, from chain firms and other things of that nature. So, um, you know, it will be interesting to see, but this could this could create a little bit of a renaissance for local businesses. And if that's the case, it'll be a very positive thing for our, yeah. for our American economy. I'm, so, I'm really, you know, again, it's going to be so interesting to watch all this. It's so dynamic, so complicated. Hey, so, Ashley, one of the things that you and I have talked about before is the amount of misinformation on the Internet. I talked about it at the top of the show. Social media can be the best thing that ever happened, the worst thing that ever happened simultaneously. It's really frustrating now, though, because you have to work through all these conspiracy theories and misinformation and people spinning the facts to fit their narrative. That's just the reality of where we live right now. But what's important, and I want people to hear this, uh, <clears throat> what's important right now is this, this to know that this virus is real. It kills people <clears throat> who are vulnerable, and we have to protect them. And that even though we may survive it, we can give it. So we don't need to get it because if we get it, we're going to give it to somebody else. The reality is social. our role is social distancing, face masks paying attention to these things and protecting the vulnerable, and then watching carefully as, the, as Governor Reeves and his restart committee and the president, would, on the advice of the governors, begin to open this economy back up. Those are the things that are important right now, aren't they? That is exactly what's important. You know, I, I mean, conspiracy theories, um, you know, can be so damaging and so destructive. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is uh, across the board, this this is negatively impacting everybody, individuals, businesses, members of both political parties, uh, folks from all races, from all countries. Um, this is this is a situation that is absolutely uh, devastating folks across the board, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't discriminate. And you know, with with that in mind, I think we are uh, we're certainly in a situation where you know we've got to work together to come through this. We, we have got to uh, find common ground. We've got to be able to create some empathy and understanding with each other, uh, and and understand that you know folks across business across government. Uh, they're doing everything they know how to do to try to fix this. I, I don't think that there is a uh, a Republican a, or a Democrat in America right now that doesn't want to see this virus uh, conquered and our economy start to return. Uh, you know, and sometimes the best the best thing for for our country and our our uh, you know our dialogue is when we have a common enemy. And in this case, we all have a common enemy. This virus is real, uh, and it's something that we've got to we've all got to all work together to overcome. That's ex that's really well said, uh, Ashley. I appreciate that. Adele, what you have anything you want to add to that? Gosh, no. Ashley nailed that one. <laughs> you did it. You did a good. You did a really good job, uh, Ashley. Hey, listen. What I want to do? Well, we're gonna we're getting closer to the break, but when we come back, I want to begin to have a conversation about how this has changed us as human beings. I talked a little bit about it on the show yesterday, 
And um, you know, we're seeing we're seeing some amazing things. People reaching out to their neighbors, and you know, Adele, the work that you're doing, while you may be reaching out to a small business that needs help, there's such a human connection that's happening there. You said it that they they're just glad to hear from you. So I want to I want to begin to have a conversation about that, and then we'll we'll sign off for the day. But this is Adele Lyons and Ashley Edwards and uh, from the Coast Chamber and the Coast Business Council. And we'll be back after this break to continue our conversation about where we are. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I've got Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber and Ashley Edwards from the Coast Business Council with me today. And we've had a terrific conversation updating you about what's happening within the Coast Chamber, what's happening within the Business Council you know, the impact on small business, the work that the president and Governor Reeves and others are doing to try to help us understand how we can phase this in. You know, we've talked about some opportunities and challenges and, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to talk about. It's a very complex, uh, difficult thing that we find ourselves. It's unprecedented. Never happened before in world history for us to expect experience something like this. But there's also a human element to this. And I, I put something on Facebook. I mentioned it at the, at the show yesterday that there's a, you know, we're seeing a lot of the best coming out in people right now, you know, reaching out to their neighbors that maybe they didn't know. And, and Ashley, you posted something about, you know, this is a storm, but for some people, it's just a sprinkle for other people. It's a hurricane and we have to be aware of that. And I, I see so much good coming out in people, people out in the neighborhood, you know, seeing each other. I've seen people I've never seen before, you know, and, and I thought what Roger Wilder said was so, so fitting. He said, when we came home from our busy days, we would shut the garage door behind us and go in the house and not really pay attention to what was happening in our neighborhoods. And today we're actually standing out talking to our neighbors. So and Adele, in a way, you were talking to your neighbors when the Coast Chamber was reaching out to your small business you know, members trying to see what was happening. Uh, we know from from our experience with Katrina what we've got to do as a community. You know, not everybody's going to be lifted up on their own. They're going to need a little bit of support and help. Talk about that for a second. Well, you know, the mission of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber of Commerce is four words. Connect, inform, advocate, and develop. And the first word, connect. Um, that's the one where in the past, prior to this, we saw people come into our events shaking hands, hugging, introducing people to other people to make those connections. And I think people are missing that. And so we're trying to find ways to continue that through some of those events I talked about earlier in the program that are all virtual, but still people are looking at each other face to face. And there's just a sense of, you know, kind of warmth and community from that. And so we're really trying to continue that with our young professional group. We're going to continue that. They really, uh, you know, are very connected always through various social media and things like that, but they too long to see each other and talk to each other. So we're working some events for them. Um, just, just people want that touch. And you talked about knowing your neighbors. I think more and more with the beautiful weather, people are out working in their yards and their neighbors seeing each other and chit-chatting and visiting. Um, you know, yesterday I kind of ran into a birthday party parade 
you know, now people, the kid stands out in front of the house and all their friends ride by and honk the horns and wave. And, you know, it's a different way to have a birthday party, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's still not important and it doesn't show that connection. So, you know, those are some of the high points and those are some of the nice things to see happening. I would say also, if you're listening to the show and you're you're involved in the chamber and you're feeling down, you know, give give Adele and her team a call. You know, they if, if they can't help you, they can point you in the right direction and get you some help. But don't don't be don't feel alone in this. I mean, we're all in our own solitude right now, but that doesn't mean we should be alone. There's so many ways to connect and there's so many ways to get help. So, you know, be aware of that. Ashley, what would you add to, to this? Well, you know, I think the thing that I just keep coming back to in my mind over and over is, you know, this is a this is a human issue. Um, you know, we talk in terms of business and, and government and science and, you know, but but government is people. Business is is people. The scientific community is people. And it's people that are affected by this. And I think that these situations always bring out an incredible amount of humanity in people. Uh, you know, the um I think to myself all the time, just personally, you know, you, you think about how busy our lives are and, you know, our, our lives have just become such a string of, of going from one thing to the next and never slowing down. And, you know, and we have we're married and we have children and we have these entire lives that we hardly ever get a chance to even spend time in the same room. And, you know, for a lot of people, this has been a terrible situation for others. There's there's been some blessings in it. Uh, it's allowed people to to reconnect. You know, I mean, just personally being able to spend uh, so much time with my kids and my wife and uh, sit on the back porch and just watch the sunset, things that we never did before uh, are tremendous are tremendous blessings. And so you can find, in many cases, the, the good with the bad. Um, and there's going to be a lot of hurt that's going to continue for people. Uh, you know, the as I say all, all the time, the, you know, the biggest losers in this situation aren't just people that lost their jobs or people that have seen an economic downturn. It's people that, you know, will, will wake up one morning after this virus has been eradicated and realize that uh, friends and family uh, are, no, are no longer there because of what happened with this virus. And yeah, you know, I think that's something yeah. that's important for all of us to keep in mind. You know, this is a uh, this has been a response to something that has been real and it's impacted a lot of people's lives in ways that uh, have changed them forever. And that's something that, I, you know, we can never forget. Well, look, uh, Ashley, that was wonderfully sad. And Adele, that was also wonderfully sad. It is, it is a human situation that we face here. And we know that probably one of the most important things we could talk about today is hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for us as, you know, as residents of the Mississippi Gulf Coast and, and, and for our family members, hopefully. You know, I mean, those for those who have not been directly impacted, as you pointed out, Ashley, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for business and for, you know, for tourism to come back and all of that. We're going to be in a strange spot for a while, but we're going to recover. So with that said, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Our first sort of roundtable came together pretty nicely with Skype, and I appreciate you enabling me to, to try something new. Uh, the technology is slowly but surely getting better. We're still at the mercy of Wi-Fi but that's just the way it is. So without any further ado, let me just say, y'all have a great day and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.